Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. news there is no news there is no news what i mean what is the next piece of news that we're going to get do we hear anything about the negotiations or are we only going to hear when it's done i think we'll hear rumblings about it in the middle of this it'll be like nothing's going forward or it's looking good and then i don't know i have no idea how to read any of this i guess you got to assume holiday break right yep Although I would have expected them to get one more good week out, right? Because we're we're normally in the middle of hot stove December meeting action right now. Yeah, yeah, this is a time for it. So it's funky to not have that. I, so I agree with you. There was no news in the last week, but I we did forget to cover two very important pieces of news um, for our our oh, teams. Sure. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts on these. Uh, let's start with the Red Sox. Resign JBJ. Well. Not resigned. They he traded for him. Got him back. Yeah, I yeah. resigned in the sense of they signed him again. Well, everybody was talking about the defense of that team, and uh, wow, is the offense take take a hit uh, to switch JBJ for Renfro? But I think the theory is that offense was so good last year, you could slot JBJ in at number nine, number eight, and you'd still have really good offense and then what you'd gain on the defense having a real center fielder instead of three corner infielders yep and and then the the equivalent piece is just how much money the twins threw at byron buxton (laughs) what i mean should his name just be 60 games of byron buxton (laughs) i mean basically i was trying to figure out i mean you know if he if he played 160 games that would be a criminal underpay right but it's a it's basically a criminal overpay at 60 games. So how many games yeah. a season do the Twins think they're actually going to get out of him for seven seasons? I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, 700 games over seven years, you want to take the under. No, I, I want to take the over because I'm going to be... Oh, okay. I'm going to be... But if I gave you 770... Oh, boy. Um, 70-70... Point five. What about 777? 777 is 111 games a season. That's a lot of games for Byron Buxton. That is a lot of Byron Buxton games. I mean, I'm, I'm going to take the over because I really want him to do that. But that's but the problem is you start to range into... No, 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 no. Mike, you got to take the under because then you're happy either way. That's a good point. Uh, Wheel of Time. Episode 0.5, a.k.a. the sixth episode of the first season. I have laid out a couple thoughts for you. Well, the table the table was set and in the previous episode, and a lot happened in this one. So I, I have to know your top-line review. Are you, I mean, you must be happy about how the table was set and you got to sit down and, and eat it this this episode. Yeah, they, they set the table. It was, a, it was fun to start that because 
I mean, I the name Siwan Sanch is like in my mind. I have that, which is funny from the books. That she was a fisherman's daughter, mm. like didn't remember that piece of it. Is, is then, that in the books? Because I was also racking my brain on this. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, probably. Um, but they, we did bring up the lady, uh, Lady Moiraine. Yep. Uh, that she's um, got some nobility. Yeah, but you, you could. I mean, but it, first of all, it's impossible for Rosamund Pike to not give off that vibe. So, yeah, like, you got it. You got to roll with it, right? It's a good thing there was noble background. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can think of a couple some actresses who, no, there's no nobility there, most definitely. But yeah, it looks like there's a stick up Rosamond's butt. Um, well, yeah, that was interesting. I mean, that's another. This is sort of. I was thinking of this sort of like. Well, I guess it's very similar to the Renly and mm. Renly, Renly Baratheon thing, mm. where it's sort of like books sort of lead you to maybe think that there could be something. And then the TV show is like, watch this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, banishment. You just put one word. I gave here. you banishment in the ways. Do you want to talk about either one of these? Um, well, I I don't even. I'm not 100 percent sure that I'm on the same page as you with with the one word banishment here. That that's what she was. She was banished. Ex- that was what exiled. Oh my god! I was just checking, wow. just checking to make sure that you didn't have something else up your sleeve, but. Obviously, we should talk about the ways you put three exclamation points here, and I want to talk about the ways. The ways is so cool. I mean, as a, I mean, as a physics person, you must be like, how does this really work? The, the ways is a is a legit, cool, novel mathematic, uh, mathematical novel magical thing happening in this show, right? In this world. Oh yeah, it's. Again, comparing to Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones needed yeah. this yeah. to have the last season work. Oh, she's flying on a dragon and they're going around by boat. No, 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 no. It's not that <laughs> fast. The Ways is a secret highway that takes you from point A to point B in far less time than any other way. I mean, I'm I'm way in. I you know, it's I it's a great yeah. It's a it's a really great like uh, mechanic to have in the world. Yeah, I mean it. it it made the books, the early books, so much more bearable yeah. to like understand. It gets really complicated, and unfortunately, then, well, let's, you know, spoiler here: ways get corrupted, as you can imagine. A powerful tool gets misused. Yeah, but, you, but, you, but how did those Trollocs get to the two rivers, Michael? How did they get to the two rivers? <laughs> I don't know. Two lines later, hey, let's head over to the ways. I don't know. And I mean, use those. yeah, this you know the show has done a really good job of we we t- we've talked about this before, but it's continuing to be obvious that the show does a good job of laying out breadcrumbs, right? Chekhov's yellow submarine. Yeah, except except they're actually using the ways. <laughs> yeah, but but the fact that they say like we're going to use the ways to get to where the dark one is is like okay, <laughs> okay. Is this so why the other does way he too? use it to get? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a few things. I, you know, they do a good job of making Nynaeve ask a lot of the questions that the the viewer wants to know. But I have to say, you know, they're pretty mm-hmm. docile rolling up to these stones in the middle of a field. They say, bye to the horses. No questions. <laughs> like, like, you might, like, what's going to happen to those of us that aren't the dragon? No answers. Let's go. <laughs> like, Let's go. Come on. <laughs> like, 
Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. We're just going with some disbelief suspension here. Well, I hope that I'm the dragon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I guess, I guess that's the thing, right? They're all kind of, they're all kind of pulling for it on some level at this point. Yeah. They're sort of like half in, half in. Um, a little concerned about being the dragon. Everyone except but... for everyone except for Matt, apparently. All right, let's uh, let's move on. Let's talk about some EPL here because great news for us. We did it, guys. We did it. Three for three. Uh, all um, not long odds. Is that the short that odds? The These ones short well, odds. They, they weren't short odds. They weren't. They weren't that short. The um, really the the Leicester game was surprisingly not short. Nobody trusts Leicester. Nobody trusts. That's Leicester. why. I... It's... Anyway. Anyway, we pulled it off. Okay, so you're you're saying Chelsea over Everton, great. Liverpool over Newcastle, I think that's the logical one. Man City over Newcastle, let's just say what it is. Newcastle is not very good, um, even with all that money from the Saudis. And Arsenal over Leeds. Arsenal over Leeds is the is the one wild card, but I I I think Arsenal has started to turn the corner, and we should get on the Arsenal train. All right, this week. Michael, I want to return to synthetic drafting, which we talked about in September. We put in an abstract for Sloan. We were not accept our our abstract was not accepted to then write a paper, so we have not been talking about it ever since. That means that the trail has grown cold. The thread has been dropped. Other um, analogies, euphemisms, whatever you want to say. Um, how much of a reminder do you want me to give on? what this is i think you should give a good reminder because i frankly did not remember that we discussed in september <laughs> at all yeah if, if you asked me when was the last time you discussed synthetic drafting i would have said like mm, that was that was april right that we were doing those things it was like what march 2020 <laughs> yeah yeah that's definitely what i would have gone with so yeah let's do a refresher all right so the uh, synthetic drafting the idea that we um can Synthetic drafting is our way of talking about agent-based modeling to pick players. We talk about game theory a lot, but we don't we, we don't really dive into that piece of fantasy baseball game theory. Um, we focus on traditional statistical methods, really, of looking at our data and thought is maybe if we employ an agent-based model for picking players we might be able to get into the game theory angle a little bit more okay now the synthetic drafting thing has been talked about in two different but very related um fashions for picking players one is preseason. let's use synthetic drafting an agent-based modeling approach to um do mock drafts Mm -hmm. Why, why do we want to get a room of 20 people together to try to do a 20-person draft, but pretend to do a 20-person draft? Why don't we have the computer do it? We already have, if we can put together rankings that the agents then read, they can, um, they can pretend, pretend that they're the person that put the ranking system together. Okay? So that's, you know, that would be an interesting way to perform mock drafts. Um, score mock drafts, etc. Um, the other piece of it was, well, we have you and I have this question of how do you pick the right roster in TGFBI, the right composition of the roster of starting pitchers versus closers, aka relievers. How, 
yeah, not even just closers, yep. but starting pitchers versus relievers. How do you pick the right composition to um, to have a team that will be successful? TGFBI has ten pitching slots, yep. right? It's just pitching slots, so you could have all relievers. Well, if you have have all relievers, and you're gonna lose K's to yep. a to a team that is all starters, but that team is gonna lose saves. Yep. Right. So where is and then the other two categories, WHIP and ERA, um, well, you're more likely to win WHIP and ERA if you have all relievers. And we, and we started messing around with this on both of our respective teams at the end of the year. But the yeah, problem yeah, was yeah. We, need, we really need a framework to, to understand if we're doing it successfully, yeah, to test right. it, rather than us just feeling around in the dark during a TGFBI season and you saying, no, mm-hmm. I think 8-2 is the right, <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah. me being like, I'm definitely going to go with 6-4, but I have no idea if that's correct or not. My gut says that it's 8-2. I also had a really big stake last night. I don't know if my gut is saying <laughs> that. Like, I just exactly need to work through. We that. need some. We need some numbers. We need some numbers on this. Now, to remind you, what I had the last time that I had presented progress on this, I had put together um, two pieces of the framework. Number one was. Let me actually open up. Let me open up Spider Python IDE that it is. Number one was creating agents, a step. Now, an agent-based modeling approach says that you create what are called agents, and they then are put into, they, they have parameters that they follow, and then it's the interaction of those agents when you let them go that is how you're modeling the world. Now, that A number one, we need to create some agents to do our drafting for us, or pick, well, let's call it the player picking for us. And um, I put together the routine to create those agents. I presented that there right now. It's, you know, we can create, we can create agents a lot of different ways, but as of right now, it's focused on weights of um, there's, there's a waiting, there's a waiting system based on actual performance of, of players. Um, Wherein you can take, yeah, it's, it's a weighting system based on actual performance and then um, and then predictions. So then I took that and I put together what I call the synthetic draft model. That was something that I had worked on um, a while back, and then I dusted that off and improved that for actually um, taking agents to make the picks. Now the next step, as um, the next step, is to score. Mm. To be able to actually score. So we have agents that are going about their business, picking like crazy. We can Monte Carlo that. But for what? It's for <laughs> what? Like I um, I have Jacob deGrom here as pick number one in a draft. What does that mean? Does, did he do well? I don't know. But is, but is that really the next step? Or is the next... You, you feel like we've already figured out how to select each agent's list. That they're going to draft from no or you don't think no, that's the but, next step okay another piece that we talked about now i should say we when i first uh got onto the onto this with you um a little behind the curtain i said you know this is when you drop the thread you drop the thread it, it goes cold and you know you end up doing 
a lot more work to remind yourself mm-hmm. what you were doing and why you were doing things. Um, so I've spent the la- I've spent some of the last week looking into this, and fortunately, there are these two idiots that would record themselves talking that was able to help remind me why I was doing this. Um, agile approach. We're doing an agile approach. We're just trying to get this to work right now. We want to get this to work. So creating agents, performing the, the player picking, scoring the player picking, running analysis on that. That is our current agile loop that we're doing. All right. Because once we have one loop, the idea is that we can then go back and then we can improve creating the agents. Yep. Add more vectors to the agents, add more possibilities for the agent. There might be, you know, you enter a draft. Sometimes there's a guy doing like a value-based draft. Mm-hmm. And then there's a guy that's only looking at only looking at preseason rankings. Yep. We would like to do that, you know, completely different, disparate types of, of drafting. But right now, it's really all shades of gray. <laughs> is what all of our agents are, right? But this is agile approach, agile approach to like get this to, to get this framework together and then improve it, right? All right, I'm down with that. So, right, so you actually think that the next, so what, what is the next step in your mind to get this going? I mean, we have, we have a ranking system that works, so we could draft from that. Yeah, okay, so I've got this started and I, I bring up the Jacob deGrom because I would, and... So my example was to like let's let's repick for week six. Let's repick the players for week six. All right, so fifteen agents were loaded up based on um, just based on how they assessed the previous week versus the full season. Um, that's what varied. So in other words, each agent said. I am going to trust last week's results mm. this weight versus the full season mm. results of stats that I have so far. Um, that was, I guess, technically in descending order. Um, weight previous, previous mm. week's rate versus a full season rate. Those are the only two variables. And then um, we used the preseason projections um, was a constant. And then the forecasted for the week was a. I like this a lot. Zero. This is great. Right. So, do we have any emergent behavior? Well, there's clear winners and losers. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you that much. Um, the team, the agent that was agent number one who picked Araldus Chapman, hmm. killed it in saves. Well, Araldus Chapman must have had a good week. 5.7 ERA. Oh, boy. 1.25 whip. The, um, well, I guess they did fine on, they did fine on strikeouts and they were fine on wins. So the theory of case is already wobbling of a a closer heavy team will end up with a a better whip in ERA. The guy who was first uh, drafted, Jacob deGrom, Jacob deGrom didn't pitch in week six. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's a, okay that's where this example is coming from yeah that's a good it's a good note it's a, it ends up getting a little bit harder there it ended up being the lowest uh one of the lowest in innings pitched mm. because their star player didn't pitch but era wise 
pretty darn mm. good. They had the highest um, weight on the previous week. So Jake DeGrom did, had a really good week five. <laughs> Doesn't pitch week six. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, you start to have this interest. There was no... So, let's see. So, strikeouts, Agent 14 had the highest strikeout. Okay. Preseason. Food. They had the high, they, they had uh-huh. the... Um, they had the highest preseason weight. The lowest ERA was Agent 8. Oh, so right in the middle. Um, Agent 5 had the lowest whip. And um, I think Agent 5 might have won the week. Right. So the th- I, I, and I, this is where so I'm what at. We really is need, like actually what we need is a plot of which agent had the lowest in each category by week. So like you'll put... You know, you'll end up with 30 data points on there. And then we'll see, okay, is it like agent one all tends to, or like the low number agents tend to have better ERA and whip or the high number yeah. agents? And we find that out, I think. Is there any correlation? There any so correlation? you need to show yeah. me, you need to give me that correlation plot. Oh, yeah. Um, are the, the fantasy tools standard. <laughs> I can do that. So that we can, we can get that in. But it's... Now that I've 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 gotten the scent, I have reminded myself where the trail had run cold. I feel like a detective that's opened a cold case here and said, "Like, oh, I have the internet now. <laughs> Look at that." <laughs> that's right. New data has come to light. New clues. Good. I think that about brings us to the review session. Gene Segura. Boy, Gene Segura. Man, loved him in Milwaukee, and it turns out that was 2015 that he left Milwaukee. <laughs> okay, wow, it's, it's been a little right. while, hasn't it? Gene Segura's been around, been around here for a little bit. Uh, although he's only 31, so Gene Segura, 2021 season in Philadelphia, where he's been for the past three years. He plays in 131 games. He's got 567 plate appearances, 76 runs, 14 home runs, 58 RBIs, nine stolen bases, and Back to that Gene Segura form, a 290 average. That is better than I thought. Quiet. He's been so quiet lately. Yeah, I agree. That's. I mean, we, we had this discussion probably in 20, probably legitimately in 2016 about these 300 seasons that he turns, he turns out, turns out three 300 batting average seasons back to back to back. 2016, 2017, 2018. The question was, was that ever believable? Because he'd turned out <laughs> some some real stinkers before that. And he's back to 290. I mean, I guess he's just doing Gene Segura things still. Only 30, only 31. Um, yeah. But he's just not doing much of it. He's doing less. He's doing less of it. I don't think the Philadelphia move was good for him. But he's, you know, he's turned out to be surprisingly durable. Well, he played 131 games last year. Is he... Yeah, so, so, you, so you're saying not that durable. you're saying that's right in the zone that you hate because you just don't know when he's going to sit. Yeah, this that's in a bad spot because like someone who's at 144, which he was in 2019 and 2018 in his last Seattle year and first Philadelphia year, that's okay. That means there's one 10 day DL stint and then there's just random sits. It's fine. But when you start to get into that 130 range, you're starting to get like, is he is he sitting? Is he being benched mm. for a little bit? Is he nagging injuries? All that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, he's he's usually getting benched, but yeah, 
He's only got one. <laughs> he's only got one season over one hundred fifty. Yeah. Games. Okay. All right. So you're so you're not you're not buying any sort of durability argument for him. No, I no, absolutely not. That's one of the reasons why he's not higher. I guess per per game basis, this is actually pretty good. He got to seventy six runs. When he's at thirteen sixteenths of a season, so that's <laughs> well, just a, little, a tad over three the quarters. The fourteen, the fourteen RBIs or the fourteen home runs aren't aren't great, but you know he was never he was never anything to write home about home run wise. His no, the stolen bases being at nine, that's where his value changed. When because that last Seattle year, but is it that he can't steal, or is it that Philadelphia is misusing him? Nobody's stealing these days in MLB. Uh, so I think Philadelphia, yes, is one of those teams that doesn't really steal bases. He, he had six straight seasons of over twenty stolen bases. <laughs> I mean, that's what that's was pretty amazing, actually. Where's his roster spot? Oh, where are you in the roster? Second. So they're not they're not not giving him a shot. Yeah, is he the kind of player that we think could have a rena- renaissance? So I I don't think so because I think he. I think he knows what works for him, and he's unlikely to make adjustments. Like he's unlikely to change, fully change up his batting stance or something in order to be a longer-term player. I think Gene Segura is who Gene Segura is, <laughs> and I liked that about him in 2014. But I don't like that about him on the wrong side of 30. Five ten, two twenty. That's a lot of weight that he's carrying. I mean, he he's like a real stocky dude. <laughs> I, I know. But he looks but like I it, just, and he, wear, he wears his uniform baggy, right? So it's like, so you yeah. don't really know what's you don't really know what's going on with him. I'm I'm watching a random home run for him. Well, that's not very exciting. I mean, he pulls he pulls him just hey going just over the fence, <laughs> right down Broadway. Yeah, I mean, he should change into like a power hitter, but he can't. Do you, I? I don't think he can. I know, I know that's a thing, but I mean, if you're looking at his stance, if you're looking at his yep. weight, I mean, he should make that. Where is he playing these days? What what position is he? He played one game at shortstop this year. <laughs> so I don't think he's going to be eligible next well, it year. Well, depends on your league, but yeah. <laughs> one Started one game at short, 128 at second base. So we're, we're pushing it. Second base. I right. consider Gene Seager to be a canonical shortstop, but. <laughs> Yeah, well, we did the same thing with um, with what's his face at third, the old Oriole, Machado. Which Oriole are you talking about? Yeah, okay. Machado. Yeah, Machado. Who are you talking about, Eric? Yeah. Uh, okay. So pro- probably not going to be eligible there. I mean, second base is is good for him. I can't believe that they're batting him second in the order. If they do that again next year, he's rosterable. If they move him around in the order, he's not. Would be my would be my yeah. take. Yeah, I think the problem is that you expect this team to be have a better offense uh-huh. than it really does. Uh-huh. You've get, if you look at the players, you're like, oh wow, this. I, I mean, I'm sort of excited. They've been like that and for then, years, and then it doesn't actually like come together. It's just some of the parts are less than yeah. The, and, then, and then they thought it was Gabe Kapler's oh. fault, and evidently it wasn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's no it was somebody not. else's fault in Philadelphia. We don't know who. Could be Gene Segura's fault. I mean that twenty that twenty sixteen season is like crazy, right? Yeah, I mean it's an awesome fantasy season. It's an amazing fantasy season. Twenty eighteen was a was a good fantasy season, and then there's nothing. I mean he's 
there's no reason to draft him because nobody else is going to draft him. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you shouldn't reach on him. It's, I mean, he might be available on your waiver exactly. wire, and you'll plug him in for a little you will, bit. Yeah, so I, I don't think he's a draftable guy, but he is a guy that if he's not injured and he's playing for a week, he's worth owning. Very well could see him do. like a he. I think that his home run number could go back well, you're, up. You're going to be the... Just looking the way he's wanting to swing. Well, he's always been like that, right? So, But, I, but that's why I don't think... I said I don't think he's going to change. But if he did change and really wanted to become a power hitter, that would be super fun, actually. I mean, you, you, could, you could win this on that because he, he could hit 20 home runs if he put on, I mean, what's he, is he really going to put on another 10 pounds of muscle? He's already... No, if he actually converts 20 of those pounds of fat into muscle, he would <laughs> he'd just be dinging, it, dinging out. It's, a, it's hard to vision for him is, I think, one of the big pieces. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that's why I think, that's why, again, I would not draft him. But I would watch him on the waiver wire if you needed to plug him in for a slot. And eligibility at second base is interesting because second base was not that strong this year. Not as strong as yeah. short. That's for darn tootin'. Who are we doing next week? We are going to talk about Haseon Kim. All right, time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah!